The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. Attention all loyal Imperial shoppers. It is my duty to the Empire to inform you of our Cyber Monday sales, including, but not limited to, 30% off all Imperial Class 5 droids. Cut. Cut. That's no good. What do you mean? No, that can't work. Listen, the, this, it has to be like poetry. It has to rhyme. I understand. I understand that you are the director of this commercial, but you, Mr. Lucas, work for the Empire, not the other way around. Do it again. Just do it again with more, more oomph. More, oh. more oomph. And remember, there's, there, there's no sales in space. We got to find a different word for that. Do you mean like something more like a buy to get one? Mm, yeah, yeah, like a some sort of space discount. It's not a sale; it's a space discount. A, di- a discount, okay. Well, we'll edit it in post. Uh, good, because I have to catch up on the Dark Times podcast. There we go. There it is. And we fucking stuck saved the it from the <laughs> right as it was falling. We did. We did twenty flips in the air yeah. and landed on our ass. Yeah, but that's just kind of how we roll things, Stephen. I, oh, I, absolutely. I, I, welcome back to the Dark Times hey, podcast. Welcome back to the. Dark Times podcast. I know it's weird because I realize we've never actually said it in the show. Have we not? Oh yeah, we always say like because I always just start getting into shit, and then you've got to remind me that we have to introduce ourselves. Yeah, I'm Stephen. I'm Sam, and we are the hosts of the Dark Times podcast. Uh, and it's it, I know it is weird to say it because it's true. First of all, first of all, it's true that we are the hosts, and second of all, it's true that this is a podcast. <laughs> and I know both of those are outrageous statements that I never thought would ever come to fruition or light in any way, sense, or form. You know, this this is great radio. Uh, great radio. So, do, so what, what do you want to do today? Do you want to get in some emails? Got yeah, some, we got, I've got some emails. We've got some emails. Oh, well, I just want to, let's preface it first. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, that's right. We're doing something different. We decided that, as people have mentioned, the last few episodes have been a little DM heavy, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily a good or bad thing. No. But we wanted to kind of flip the script a little bit and do some more player-centric stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about running the game in the past few episodes, and, and people have noticed. But uh, <laughs> we uh, wanted to try alternating episodes maybe with the more player-focused and then more GM-focused. It doesn't have to be too strict. Of course, we want your guys' feedback on you know your ultimately. podcast as much as it is ours. We want to see how you feel about this format change, and you know we'll just kind of feel it out as we go. But we'll, we'll be focusing a little bit more on player-oriented stuff today. Absolutely. And the only reason we've been so focused on DM stuff in the past is because... DMing is kind of the thing you can do by yourself when no one else is around. Yeah, th- th- thinking alone in your head late at night as you're trying to sleep, just thinking of all the different games you could run. If God, if your friends could just get into this system, please, Lord. Or watching TV shows and thinking about how every single thing that happens would make a great encounter and, and designing the map in your head and then actually making the map and then having no one to show it to. Because if you show it to someone, they might not be a potential player in the future because they would have an uncanny edge. Like... <laughs> because they know the the gimmick of the map, but so, and I have a map I, I came up with last night, Stephen. I was what? like, oh my god, this is so great, and I can't share it with you because you might play in it someday. Oh yeah, you know, and I don't have to share it with you because this is not a DM episode. Today. No, it's <laughs> so a player episode. That's my uh, that's my excuse. <laughs> that was a hell of a little. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got, oh, I got I got excited. You got you emotional. Know? I I've been. The weirdest part about having a podcast is they have to wait a whole week to have another episode of the podcast. Yeah, it's a thing, and so much happens in a week. And you can't just record the feedback to people's feedback immediately. Well, that's what Discord's for. That is what Discord's for. 
We got an email from one of our listeners. Uh, he, he identified himself as Jeffrey. Uh, that, that's the Jeffrey spelled with the G E O F F. I always loved that. Like if was he was cool. an Earth Elemental. His yeah, name, yeah, yeah. Would oh, still yeah. be Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's close. Like G O Jeff. That's that's it'd still good. Be Jeffrey. That, it'd still be Jeffrey, of course. Uh, Jeffrey writes. To start with, I want to say I love the show, Jeff. Thank you so much. I'm curious to know. How is the best way or ways to meet fellow gamers or join a game face-to-face at an actual table? I lost my longtime gaming group when I relocated for work and was wondering where to look. I was wondering if maybe you could touch upon it on an upcoming show. Thank you very much. Sincerely, Jeffrey. Uh, Jeff, I'm glad you brought this up. And first off, I want to say I'm sorry that you lost your gaming group due to relocating for work. That really sucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where you do what's good for you and not great for the game group. Yeah. Um, I had a couple pointers because I was kind of in the situation myself a few yeah. years ago. Um, and, and Jeff, I want to, you know, I don't know you, Jeff, but, you know, you're an RPG player. And many of us RPG players aren't exactly social butterflies. So what we're going to describe here is definitely going to be hard. But I think I can convince you that it'll be worth it. Um. The first place to start, if you are lucky enough to live in a place with your friendly local gaming store, almost certainly they have a bulletin where you could put up a nice 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper with your contact information, maybe your Discord handle, and you could say, hey, anyone out there interested in playing Star Wars Saga Edition? Maybe include a little blip about what that is, because it's likely that many of your fellow gamers haven't heard about it, Um, and just get the word out there. it's likely that your community maybe has a Facebook group or a subreddit or... Yeah, local see. local town subreddits are really good for hearing about the worst intersections to drive through and <laughs> the best places to play RPG games. You're, 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 you're all too right, Sam. Um, generally, just... I mean, the way I wanted to play RPGs for so long, but, you know, um, I, I came from a small town and the group of RPG gamers in my small town weren't exactly... I didn't really click with them anyway, so I was kind of... I, I had no outlet for for finding rpg gamers um your best bet uh jeff honestly is to make friends the traditional way maybe through your workplace or maybe you have another extracurricular activity like jujitsu or golfing or something where you can meet people and just bring up gaming and trying to meet or maybe even convert others into into fellow rpg gamers are probably going to be uh your your best line of, of of getting into something like that however i just want to say don't give up on your your old game group tr- online has its pros and cons. Absolutely. As everyone who's played online RPGs knows, but also it's like, it's really nice living in the 21st century where I can play with people halfway around the world and still have our RPG nights every Tuesday or whatever, you know? Exactly, Jeff. And, and you know, you've probably seen in, in the Saga Edition community, the, the, you know, it's not my cup of tea. It might be yours. The play by post community is vibrant. There's a lot of people playing play by post games. Um, surprising, honestly. Uh, Roll20, uh, the LFG Star Wars section usually has three to five Saga Edition games going at any one point. Um, it's definitely intimidating getting online to play with complete strangers, but, you know, these groups are generally pretty friendly and open to getting to know one another. And, you know, if you're on the Saga Edition Discord, there's a whole channel there for people looking to play games. A lot of folks on there are always trying to get a game together, and they seem to do so with, with pretty good results. And as you frequent those spaces, you kind of meet the same sorts of people that are very similar in how you play RPGs. I think I played a it wasn't Star Wars or anything, but it was it was some there was like some like mech Voltron kind of oh, tabletop cool. game. Yeah, it was fun. Uh we had one session. Uh I was the only person who talked out loud in character. Everyone else was posting uh 
by text. Yep. And I was like, hmm, this is not the group for me. But, no. you know, you meet people in taking these chances on things. And of course. Understanding what works better for you and what works better for them and stuff like that. Yeah. And the final word I probably have to share on the topic, Sam, if you got more, go right ahead. But, um, and just remember, Jeff, no RPGs is better than bad RPGs. You know, Jeff, I don't know your personal experiences. I've had a only a tiny amount of, of bad RPG experience myself, but I promise you, do not settle for something you're uncomfortable or unhappy with. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I think we know people or have been people who have settled for having bad groups oh, yeah. just because it was all you could get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe if you took a little bit more time and effort to look, you would find better groups just around the corner. Promise you, Jeff, you don't have to settle no matter what. Yeah, I'm sure. I know Steven has some horror stories that would oh, probably man. not be worth sharing just because they would be so immediately traceable back to him with how specific they are. Absolutely. But trust us when we say that they're <laughs> awful and, and incredible at the same time, how a human being could be so just out there. Just astounding, really. Um, cool. That's that's about all I've got. We've got another email we haven't discussed yet from, from Al. Um, this topic's a little complicated, but but definitely worth getting into. What do you think, Sam? Oh yeah, I was. I've been mulling over this one for a while. This is a this is a good topic, and um, and it comes from uh Al, another listener. Um, his email is a little too long to read on the air. I think I don't know. What do you think, Sam? I I think I could get it real nice and concise. Okay, go ahead. Why don't you read it? Hey guys, big fan. Just have a quick question for you two. What's the worst <laughs> talent in the game, and why is it battle meditation? Thanks, Al. It's a great email. <laughs> Just succinct to the point. Um, I responded to that email and I said, um, hey, thanks, Al. Um, that's a great suggestion. We could totally cover that and maybe a few other talents in the episode. And then Al got back to me and said, that's just a joke that him and his buddies came up with. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. What Al was really interested in was talking about the optimal kind of versus fun uh, dilemma, it's it's not, I don't want to say dilemma, because those things aren't really opposed to each other. It's more like a puzzle. It's like a puzzle. And, you know, every, I feel like everyone's going to have kind of different feelings on this, because everyone has their own preferred play styles. But um, as all of you know, and Sam, you know this well too, that, you know, Saga Edition generates a lot of discussion. And there's a lot of talents and a lot of player choices of vastly varying quality out there in the system. Um. And, you know, you could probably count on, on two hands maybe the number of builds that one would consider fully optimized and totally efficient for Saga Edition. But Al brings up a good point with Battle Meditation, how, you know, it's actually, of course, more more optimal to take, what was it? Uh, let me see here. Probably, oh, yeah, to get Born Leader, you're not subject to the range penalty with, with Battle Meditation, and it's a swift action instead of a full round action without burning a force point. That's a great point. Um, but you know, what if I wanted, what if I love battle meditation? What if I wanted to play a battle meditation centered character? Um, well, so what was the, the other one was your, your alter, the alternative that was, what, which one was that one again? The it was battle meditation or born leader. Born leader. Isn't that a noble? I think so. Yeah. Noble talent. Yeah. Well, that's but, what it is. Yeah, of course. And you know, that, <laughs> well, that's, that's the difference is that, <laughs> that my, I don't have a noble class. I have a Jedi class and I need a Jedi talent and of I might course. take that one instead. But, but I'm sure there are other Jedi talents that might be more appealing. Al gets into it about the combat trickery knife combo. We talked about Quint's that build, I think it was a couple yeah. episodes ago. That, you know, there are better ways to do that exact thing, but it's fun. Uh, Al, Al emphasizes that in his email, that it's a fun combo. Um, and I, I guess, you know, I've, I've talked about kind of this exact problem a few times before, but, you know, worrying about what's optimal is, I, I, I think you're going to have a bad time 
maybe. I, at least I might have a bad time if I'm constantly worried if I'm making the very best mathematically optimized choice for my character. Just because the way we play, you know, we're not quite power gamers. We come yeah, kind of close. Sure. But, you know, if you're in a group of power gamers, then, of course, you know, you're going to want to worry about your optimization, those, things like those that. Those extra two, three points of damage that you're getting Yeah, off. and that's fun for a lot of people. I know that well. You know, I've we've built, we've had builds. We've we've cared about this thing. This is a, a good well, thing. But I like to think that the builds we bring and the builds we discuss work better they're more like it's more like character discussion than build discussion yeah it's yeah. a character discussion but there's a build attached to it of course because you gotta have a good balance between what what turns it from a piece of paper with numbers on it to a fully fleshed out character that we like talking about like hearing about yeah and with with stuff like quince quince's cool thing was that he was in the guy and he i i described him as like uh, David Bowie Labyrinth with Spike Spiegel. Yeah, And yeah. that gives you a very specific image of what that character is like. Yeah. And that's cool that I can say those things and that you as a human being can process them and understand exactly how this guy talks and how he acts based on those three words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, you know, I guess, you know, I, I, my ultimate point here, my fucking thesis on this subject is, you know, if, if I'm advising a new player and new players to the system, you know, they can't, avoid the all the discussion about optimization just because it's so at the core of what of what saga edition is just don't worry about it you know yeah more than likely you're going to be in a game where that sort of thing isn't going to matter all that much and if i had to tell anything to a new player you know just focus on building a character that is fun and yeah. you enjoy and if that character happens to be optimized to all shit awesome but you know that optimization probably shouldn't be your priority especially on like your first character i think I think it's because systems that use like talents and feats yes. tend to get into the nitty gritty because they have of to course. have all these different feats that all do different things. Yeah. And so they're all going to be very minute changes in the gameplay. But overall, with multiple compounding feats and talents, you can kind of make a very diverse cast of builds and characters. And looking at that from a player, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, ta- it's pretty daunting. It is. It is. It's scary. You look at the talents page on the wikia, it's fucking long as shit it's no, so like, long do you remember when we first started playing and you know i'd tell everyone that they leveled up and there would be like groans at the table because yeah. they had to navigate this <laughs> sea of player options again Man, that's that's so that's so long ago of I course feel like we, we really quickly got into oh it was by like level five we were like yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly um but yeah it's um it's crazy man saga edition is just crazy in that respect just the, the if, absolute deluge of content yeah. out there if you as a player feel like kind of overwhelmed by what's offered in talents wise especially as a new player yeah just stick to core rulebook stuff that's seriously that's always a, do it it's a great thing uh, rodney thompson the the lead dev for this game he wanted Saga edition to be this kind of modular system he wanted people to kind of swap in and out those source books as as they pleased he, you know and he, they absolutely can and they absolutely can you know he never saw it as like the the omnibus kind of perspective we have on it now he always like how it's presented on the wiki um, he always wanted people to like, oh, for example, like Zero Distance, the, the Starship campaign I'm going to run here pretty soon. You know, he, Rodney Thompson probably tell me, OK, you know, get your core rule book, get Starships of the Galaxy, get Rebellion Air Source maybe book, Galaxy of and Intrigue. then get Galaxy at War and maybe Galaxy of Intrigue, too. And then, bam, you know, there's your campaign. Yeah. Worry about you don't just need that. scavengers guide. To no, we, we don't. And, you know, it, it might come up or unknown regions. Maybe of course, maybe region. it might it might come up. You know, we'll never know. And, and you know, that's that's something I think to keep in mind that <laughs> we'll never know. He says we'll never know. We'll never know <laughs> for the system that he's planning on GMing in the next <laughs> in the next six months or so. We'll never know. We'll I never mean. know. We'll never know what we need. It's a mystery. Uh, um, 
Or yeah. alternatively, you can always go based on what class you're playing. Yeah. If you're thinking like I'm just gonna be full Jedi and maybe Jedi Knight at Prestige, then just take it a level at a time. Yeah. Look, think about your next class and then narrow down your talent options from there. If it's like I'm gonna play a Jedi, Nick, I have, my next level is gonna be a Jedi. I get a talent at this level. Let's look at the Jedi talent trees. Okay, these ones are from the core rulebook. These seem cool. Yeah. And then I don't have to worry about the other ones. Exactly. Or and just real quick, as a as a game master, you know, there's lots of resources, dozens of resources out there about how to build the most optimized optimized whatever the hell you want. Um, that piloting handbook that I linked you and the other players, um, that's a great guide. I think if you don't know shit about building a pilot, like it's an excellent guide. Ranks everything by its overall usefulness to building strictly a pilot. Like you cannot. What? What's You're that? jerking yourself off over there with the little handbook that you wrote that you love so much and that I actually really do enjoy because it's so high quality. Thank if you. you told me it was an active Wizards of the Coast like supplement <laughs> that they made like last two years, I'd believe you. Just to be clear, Sam's talking about a setting guide that I prepared for my players, yeah. not the piloting handbook. That oh, I'm I, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is <laughs> not made by me. Your... No, the piloting handbook is made by uh, his name escapes me right now because it's it's a little hard for me to pronounce. But um, Siyoshi Kensu. Tsuyoshi Kensu. Tsuyoshi Kensu. I don't know. He's a great guy. I like his stuff a totally. lot. Yeah, shout out to, I don't even know if he listens, but I hope he does. I, if he does, I'd love to have him on the podcast. I think, no, honestly, we've been talking about doing interviews, um, and I, he's definitely on my list. For... Design, mostly like designer interviews or anything Oh, like absolutely. I've got like four dudes that I want to interview. And They're probably guys who haven't thought about Saga Edition in like 10 years. No, you mean these are these are guys who have been huffing Saga Edition for the past like 10 years. <laughs> that, that's who I have in mind. <laughs> Out of uh, a withered paper bag. Which is a paper bag that says Swissy on it. Just... Yeah. It was my mom's lunchbox that she gave me in 2007, and I haven't let go of it since. It still smells a little bit like craft glue. Uh... So, you know, Al, I hope that I hope we did your email justice. There, there's We can talk about this till the sun goes down and comes back up again. But I think those are my thoughts just on the on the topic. Again, I don't really think of it as a dichotomy between optimized and unoptimized players it's it's all about fun and if optimized to a t is fun for you then hell man i get it that's awesome but um you know if you're a newer player and see all this stuff about talking about oh that talent's dog shit don't you dare use that like you can ignore that kind of talk just build a simple character that's fun and makes you smile all right I think that that's it good. for emails yeah that was, yeah that that's, real good. that's all we've got if you have emails or anything you want to mention us to mention on the show yeah uh of course you can hit us up on discord on the sag edition discord but it's if you're looking for something that actually wants to be mentioned on the show and not just oh, discussed shit. about by us then definitely send it to our email at darktimesswse at gmail.com of course because <laughs> otherwise you know you if you have something that you want the community to answer then absolutely send it to the discord and then they they will get to you a million a million miles a minute oh man yeah there's like there, there's someone always online who's very helpful and gracious and gosh i except mean except when i need them apparently but it's fine what do you mean <laughs> what are you talking when I, about when i post i posted in the discord about the juke talent because we oh were that was oh, like five minutes had gone by before <laughs> yeah, you realized it was errata I, usually it's active <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm kidding i already yeah. told i already answered it anyway and you that still would have yeah you did, you did. <laughs> that would have been my pick for well let's get it okay what worst talent Worst Saga talent, edition. it's, like, Battle Meditation's pretty bad, man, if I'm being honest. It is pretty rough. And you can spend, like, two more talents to improve it, I think, and it's still bad. It's not a prereq for anything else? There's, there, yeah, there's, well, I mean, there's, it's a prereq to, like, improved Battle Meditation but or not whatever. Anything but not yeah. You know what, let's, let's read Battle Meditation out loud. Yeah, so that people can get a, a nice taste of yeah, the Yeah, maybe the know garbage. what we're talking about here. Let me... The Jedi technique known as Battle Meditation allows you and your allies to work together seamlessly with a level of precision that can only come from the Force. 
As a full round action, you can spend a force point to give you and all your allies within six squares of you plus one insight bonus on attack rolls that last until the end of the encounter. This bonus does not extend to allies outside the range of the effect, even if they move within six squares of you later on. Allies who benefit from the battle meditation must remain within six squares of you to retain the insight bonus. And they lose it if you are knocked unconscious or killed. This is a mind-affecting effect. This affects all allied gunners within six squares at starship scale. I actually did not know about that last starship scale, but that's kind of cool. That's cool for starship scale. Yeah, that, that is pretty neat. Um, but yeah, obviously, a whole talent for a plus one insight bonus within six squares. Born Leader blows this out of the water, though, of course. I believe that is a noble talent. It is. Not a Jedi Guardian talent. Is, is the gar- Jedi improved Guardian talent. Improved battle meditation, however. Swift action instead of full round. That's oh, cool. Oh, that's a big improvement. And then it ranges, changes the range to 12 squares. And mm-hmm. then opponents within the radius suffer a one, minus one penalty to all attack rolls. So obviously that's really cool. Yeah. Um, You know, battle meditation. Have you played Knights of the Old Republic? No. Okay, well... I, well, uh, I'm... I'm playing through it now oh i'm not cool. like very far in battle meditation plays a big like narrative role in that story and you know it inspired me and you know thousands of others to a really really cool application of the force that we hadn't really seen in coder or like we using, haven't really seen in star wars yet like the using f- the force to attune your senses to make you more deadly in combat especially or? attune your allies, your allies. um okay. Uh, it's, it's similar techniques are described in like the Thrawn books actually, which I found kind of funny because that's way before Knights of the Old Republic. This is a really kind of iconic ability. And as you play through Coder, you'll understand that. Um, a little disappointing to see it spelled out like this. I mean, obviously these two talents together, pretty cool effect, but there's better ways. However, if we're going full homebrew, mm-hmm. the new Jedi Order campaign guide. Oh yeah, has I'm surprised you called Force Meld. Surprised you mentioned that, and it is an extension of normal battle meditation. What it does is it it provides the increases the bonus by plus one for every being in the meld to a maximum of plus five. Oh hey, and those in the Force Meld no longer need to remain within six squares of your position to receive the benefit, though they must remain within line of sight. I like that. That's pretty cool. Again, That's a very this good. Is, yeah. It's a very I think it's a natural progression for the talent. I agree. Um, and of course, you know, big warning, new Jedi Order campaign guide. That's a homebrew source book. I don't know about that source book. I don't know anything about it. But uh, if that sounds interesting to you, you know, look into it. Ask your game master and, and see what's up. That's on the uh, Saga Edition Wikia, of course, for, for those unaccustomed. Um, all right. Cool. What would you think your so battle meditation is what you say battle for meditation. your least, least useful talent? I mean that that's one that comes to mind just because I know that's a very popularly popularly derided uh, talent in the game. Um, isn't gambler a uh, talent? Gambler, I the think so. Fortune talent tree plus two to get wisdom based gambling checks. Oh I yeah, don't know, that one's pretty. <laughs> that one's pretty good. Yeah, yeah they're a gambler. Gain a plus two competence <laughs> bonus on wisdom checks when you gamble. You can select this talent multiple times. Oh, yeah, I'll get right on it. Each time you take this talent, this talent the competence increases by plus two. Yeah, that's a great example of a shitty talent. Um, I actually took that talent for my first Saga Edition character. Okay, well, see, that is a character that makes sense to take it. Because However, a, I immediately, because he's a droid, I immediately reprogrammed him to not have that talent anymore. Yeah. Because it was so non-useful. Unless your campaign is centered around the extremely basic gambling rules in Saga Edition, which I think there's three Just different play types. Poker. Yeah, <laughs> mostly opposed wisdom checks and like wisdom checks against certain DCs. Um, don't don't bother with the gambler talent, please. Like that's like, probably that would probably be my my pick for least useful talent. I think that's a good one, and, and it's funny because like 
fortune talent tree full of great stuff. So much better right stuff. Right below the gambler talent alphabetically is Knack. And oh, baby. Knack is Fucking love Knack. Knack, once per day, you can re-roll a skill check and take the better result. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> gambler is not even like a prereq for anything good. It's just no, no, it doesn't the gambler even... feat. The gambler talent, that's it. Yeah, it's yeah, and you're you're a sucker if you take gambler talent. I'm being <laughs> honest with you, but um, you're making a gamble on your character's survival. That's but hey, sure. if you're if your game master's like guys, we have this casino centered heist campaign <laughs> adventure, and it's all going to be gambling checks. Then yeah, take gambler. Yeah, but... casino heists were the only way they <laughs> do the heist is by actually gambling and just winning the money normally. I think that's a Cowboy Bebop episode. I bet it is. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um. Uh, the anime not not whatever the fuck's going on at netflix man oh i want to bring up that i want to bring up that line which line you trying to blackmail me i haven't seen anything about it's a twitter clip you sent the, me the man. I sent? yeah you know what i'm talking about right no i saw that with like the gas that turned jet says are you trying to blackmail me and the lady says Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Jet, because you, you are black and you are male. That's so wild to me that they could just write that in with a straight face. You know, my favorite part of the Cowboy Bebop anime was when the lady said that to Jet. <laughs> no, that didn't happen because. Oh God! Oh, gee, we gotta we gotta move on. I'm getting upset. I'll trim that a bit. You <laughs> may trim it a bit, yeah. But I, you know, I want people to hear what the fuck is going on. Steven, what do you as a player expect when you come to the Swissy table from other players, not from your DM? Oh, okay. We'll yeah. see. That, that's This is a player-centric episode. The DM's your peacekeeper and master of rules and master of ceremonies and everything. But you as a player, you boot up your PC or you boot up your car and you go to where the session take place. Boot up my car. You boot up your car because this is 2363. Yeah. We boot up our cars here. Uh, you go to where the session is, your local game store, wherever. Or your pizza place, and you play some Star Wars. What you sit down at the table, you pull out your dice, your sheet, your pencil, you push up your glasses on your bridge of your nose because you're a nerd. I don't wear glasses. That wasn't relevant to the <laughs> anecdote, but yeah. What do you expect from other players at the table? Well, that's a great that's a great thing. And speaking purely as a player, which I, I think I've played RPGs about as often as I've I've GM'd them. Um, one experience comes to mind. I, you know, I'm I'm. I'm a pretty amicable guy, and I know a lot of other amicable people who I play with. The only thing that irks me in in, in being a player from other players, and I haven't had to deal with this in a very long time. I, this was like one Starfinder campaign years ago. Some players think that like they're the protagonist of the party, and you know, I, I'm far from the first person to point this out. This is like the basis of like most RPG horror stories, but there's a Almost uh, fairly frequently, there seems to be that person who is that guy and seems to understand that the RPG is a weekly serialized TV show in which they're the main character and everything else is an obstacle to them being the main character. Main character syndrome in RPGs is the worst because it's called collaborative storytelling for a reason. Of course, and it's a blatant sign that someone kind of doesn't didn't get it love as a child oh, no well you know maybe <laughs> i'm not going that far you know it's not freud hour over here but yeah. that's um, our next podcast freud hour freud yeah hour. perfect let's yes a psychoanalysis of gamers that's perfect great show no um <laughs> yeah i i think players that are willing to 
either fuck around and make jokes at other players' expense at the expense of maybe either their character choices or their enjoyment of playing their character is rough. I, I played with a guy, this was the Starfinder game. I don't even remember his name, but he played this big, like broody lizard guy, kind of a cool character, but he made it a habit to pick up and throw my little skittermander. Skittermanders are these cute little aliens. They got six arms. They're adorable. Um, <laughs> Just pick up and throw them. And like, Looking back, like that's hilarious. But the way he was doing it, he didn't ask at the time. Me. It was very much n- not t- taking the creative choices out of your hand. Yeah, he he thought that because his character was bigger than mine, then that was some sort of invitation to just outright bully him. And that's a dynamic that I actually love and can work with when you ask me about it. Yeah, you know, when that, you that's, talk about it. Yeah, that's the time. kind of thing that you want to talk about with your player, with your fellow players out, out of character, because you know it it made me feel uncomfortable. It was you know I. It was hard for me to relax in that setting because I didn't know when the big scary lizard guy was going to bully my character, and that's that's not fun. And I think that's why you need a session zero. Yes, most most game systems, you know, do a session zero. They don't they might not require it. Yeah, but it's mostly about like, hey, you're getting these people together. Hopefully, you know them already. If you're doing like strangers getting together to play a, a game, that's one thing. Yeah, but a lot of the times, you know, a session zero is good for finding out. Who in the group you want to talk with the most? <laughs> yeah, and we can talk about, you know, the, the GM side of the Session Zero maybe later on. But as a player going to a Session Zero, you know, you got to be open. You know, you got to be ready to talk about the things you do and don't want to see. A lot of people don't have a lot of practice talking about the things they like and don't like or want to do and yeah, don't want to do. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's a good, it's an important skill to um, to to train for adulthood for a successful adulthood i think um being amicable yeah being open to others things they do and don't like and then also you know openly and perhaps bravely sharing what what you do and and do not want to see yeah there's a lot of i I mean at least in the more recent years there's definitely more stuff regarding uh warning your gm or asking players again like google forms you know yeah hey are there any certain things that you don't want to see come up in this campaign like spiders or claustrophobia or anything like that there's stuff like that there's i know there's something called the red card system where players get oh, a yellow or you or a red tap card. a red card if, yeah, if, if whatever's happening isn't chill not cool with how you are as a per like if it's just making you uncomfortable in certain ways yeah and there's also i i've seen like the x where that you put you put oh yeah make, a, an make an x with your hands yeah that's that's a thing yeah uh, that, that that's and that's great, and that stuff is definitely something that they didn't have in the eighties. No, no sensitivity to these sorts of things has like absolutely, I mean, evolved in the thirty, forty years since. Yeah, we could do a million episodes on uh, RPG horror stories regarding players just being straight up like misogynist or sexist. Oh yeah, I mean, it's you don't even have to look hard to, yeah, to get at that. That's a lot of people's impressions of of RPGs, just because those kinds of stories are so prolific and and popular and and all that yeah the 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 loud the, the loud minority right oh yeah steven what? what do you think for a session zero do you as a player expect to make a character then or have a character made already what do you prefer the session zeros i've partaken in that's that's like when we build our characters like all together and kind of discuss what um what the characters are there's plenty of campaigns where i could see not doing that you know if you want to maybe characters to be a little more elusive maybe introduce characters during a session you know in character that's fun too that's stuff that's definitely more for like advanced dms and absolutely players, and players who probably know each other really well could probably pull it off easily yeah but you'd hate to show up to the session with a character and it turns out yours is the only like 
character that can breathe oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the rest of them can't or something like that. That would be funny. And with Star Wars, that's not as huge a deal. Like, the obese and other things have, you know, face masks that make them breathe. Plo Koon's race. Ooh, Ubi's are fun. I want to play Ubi's are really cool. Because their, their, their helmets are all, like, really cool. Because, like, the Boosh... Boosh? 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 Uh, Session Zero is great because then you can have players whose stories align. Like, you know... Oh, yeah. Let's say... Let, I got it. So you've got your your GM and you've got f- four players. Mm-hmm. You've got the two that don't know each other and two that are like they've been dating or something like that. And you, it's good to have a session zero to bring these people together to get them under understand what this game is and what their players are going to be. Mm-hmm. So after you know you guys get pizza, have a good time. The people who don't know each other decide to make the pilot and his Wookiee friend who oh, have yeah. been through hell together. And then you have the guy who plays the grizzled Jedi who's cut himself off from the Force. And then you have the girl who plays the innocent farm boy who never knew life beyond the beyond his desert planet. And then that's great because the cool thing about Star Wars, especially A New Hope, is that Chewie and Han like know each other and have a whole. Oh yeah, they are they are these cool characters that that have experiences. They the, their ship made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs and crap like that. And it's so, that's just a good example of why sort of stuff like that. I mean, yes, you can make a campaign where a bunch of people who don't know each other come together and work towards a common cause. And that happens, but it's much more interesting for everyone involved to have characters that backstories kind of like, you know, bounce off each other. and work Yeah, that and way. even, you know, this is a great thing. To, if you haven't done this as a player yet, you probably should. Some of my most memorable moments in role-playing were when I collaborated with a fellow player and made a backstory like linked with theirs that they had a story kind of already that brought them into the situation that, that the campaign is going to be about. And um, gosh, that was so fun. That was so cool. Um, I, I won't, I'm itching to do it again because uh, gosh, golly, that was just a blast. Yeah. Yeah. It adds a level of depth and just kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, a layer of like characterization, characterization, but also um, banter, banter. Like, potential for banter and just a kind of, I don't know, making a backstory linked to another character's backstory, if you're a player, is just a great way to break the ice, I think. It just feels good. Absolutely, and especially in a system where literal, like, scoundrel and noble are classes, your yeah. characters are going to be kind of banter-heavy. Oh, yeah. And as, mu- as, as riveting as it would be to DM a game where all four are the silent lone wolf uh, bounty hunters <laughs> that don't talk at all, as cool as that would be, it might have its moments, but... It's just not as fun <laughs> overall. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to get that sort of on, you know, yeah. out on the podcast table for people to eat and peruse at their leisure. Mm, just, mm, deli- oh, this is delicious, yeah, Sam. Thank I, you for laying this out. Yeah, I, I, the recipe's from Mon Mothma. I can let you have it. Uh, I feel like she would make a good, like, roast. Well, that's what we should have done for Thanksgiving, is go through oh, all the Star Wars characters and see yeah. what, they're, what they're bringing to the Star Wars oh, Thanksgiving. Fuck, next year, I oh, guess. So Mon Mothma's bringing a roast. I like to think... Princess Leia brings the worst mac and cheese you'd ever had. Yeah, it was like her first time making mac and cheese. And she like, she says it's like an old Alderanian noble house recipe. And you're there's like, no proof to back it up because yeah. Alderaan's gone. Yeah. <laughs> she, could, she could shit in a pan and call it Alderanian cuisine and no one would know the difference. Oh, man. That's good. That's good. Han forgot to bring something, so he... Picked up some like Hawaiian rolls from the store on the way. I was thinking like a family sized bag of lace. Yeah, (laughs) I got it. (laughs) It's like patting himself on the back. 
Man. Okay. So I think it's time to get a little bit back into um, Champion Corn sent us that lovely email that we were still sifting through with a bunch of different topics. Yeah, we we're using up. our our little dusters to blow away the debris from this yeah, nugget yeah. of knowledge. I have a little. I have a little brush too, a like brush an archaeologist. And a pit helmet. You know, he actually reached out today. You, I think you. Yeah, you did see it. Where when we talked about ship crits last episode. Yes. He actually meant to ask like what what happens when a ship's destroyed. I'm pretty proud of how we covered that in that episode yeah. and, and how we covered it on Discord afterwards. Yeah, let's go over what I said on there. I think I, I made some good points, especially because they're player-centric points. Yeah. As a player, there are things you can do to prevent your ship from exploding. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Uh, I think one the one of the things I mentioned is, depending on how your DM plays your game and stuff like that, Destiny points can be used to negate a crit. So yeah. the pilot could use a Destiny point to negate... I, well, so Nate's question was... I used a missile and it crit my player ship. Yeah. What, what do? What now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as a pilot player, you could use a destiny point to negate a crit on the ship. Yep. Or if you're a pilot, you probably have the vehicular evasion uh, feat, I believe. No, the vehicular combat feat, which is a prerequisite being an ace pilot. The vehicular combat feat, which you can use to avoid damage from an attack once per round. It's a hell of a feat. It's so it's good. It's mandatory it for absolutely space is, combat. Because, especially because you know batteries and stuff deal like four like 8d 10 times 10 damage yeah <laughs> so yeah no wonder you crit with a missile yeah it dealt a lot but they also you can shoot missiles right can't you shoot missiles you down? can shoot missiles all day long buddy no i mean like you can actually physically oh. shoot the missile flying i towards think you can i can't remember God. if that was a thing you just did or uh, if that's a thing that actually happens in the system i've Read rules somewhere. This is going to be too hard to find during the show. I know, right? I've read rules somewhere about targeting, like, the rules for the reflex defense of, like, a, a moving projectile, like a missile. Um, I'm I, sure someone will. I hope someone out. can help us out with someone that. Cause... We'll cover it next time. Yeah. But definitely, like, stuff like that. And as a DM, just because you crit a ship doesn't mean the ship's automatically destroyed. No. and It just means the ship's disabled. Uh, yeah, and I've read there's actually the... the um the the damage table i believe oh, in Star yeah, of the galaxy yeah. where if a ship does become disabled you can roll on this table and just pick a system uh that is just straight up broke hyperdrive is my personal favorite because yeah, they're fucking stuck baby um <laughs> and you know especially if you know maybe an outer rim skirmish or something with some pirates you know you can't fucking take that shit in for repairs if, no. if you're orbiting just a little planetoid with you know 500 colonists then on what it. do you do as play your ship's taken out you're floating through space hyperdrive's not working what do you do? You play dead, cut all power, let the pirates board, take the pirates da- out in your ship, and then take their ship. Now we're talking. And that's and I love stuff like that. It's it's that sort of planning that really inspired the whole take out the stormtroopers, wear their armor, and go save Princess Leia. Oh. It's shit like that that's so Star Wars. Yeah. But still so like it's still creative enough to where it doesn't feel derivative, right? Does that yeah. make sense? No, absolutely. And I know exactly what you mean. And was it what? What else did Nate have on his email that we? we so, talk so about? the one that actually caught my attention today. He's got a lot of good ones on here that we have yet to get to, like alternate dark side rules. I really want to play that one up probably yeah. next episode, just because I love that shit. Um, sniping, I thought was a great topic to yeah. cover today. Uh, 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 Nate asks, uh, please tell me if this sniping is possible and plausible. I'd love to hear some thrown in for a Valkyrie to have to take out. Um, I'm not entirely sure what he means. Like, I think he means maybe like a Valkyrie style, like kind of he means like Overwatchful character that protects no, their allies. No, by Valkyrie from far. he means your build. Oh, did he mean did. my build? Yeah, your oh, Valkyrie. So if I'm oh, a sniper, oh, oh, oh now I get yeah. it for a Valkyrie to have to take out for yes. a 
a uh, if I if I tried mobile... to take out your your jetpacking Mandalorian named Valkyrie, how would I do it as a sniper? Yeah. Okay. Now I see. Okay. And cool. I love sniping in this system. Yeah, uh, Nate. This question made me excited because uh, sniping is very possible, very plausible, very fun in this system. Um, to get a good to start to suss out what sniping is all about in uh, Saga Edition. There's probably better examples, but probably the easiest one to get started is the Threats of the Galaxy Assassin stat block. Uh, this is actually one of three NPCs called Assassin in this system. That's but, cool. But yeah, the, the one featured in Threats of the Galaxy is a, an excellent, excellent example. Um, they're kind of a more hybrid melee ranged assassin, but you can you can get a pretty good idea as to what it's all about um, from a couple feats to guide you along the way. Um, the feat Sniper. There you go. Yeah, that'll <laughs> that, do that's it. a good one to start with. Uh, prerequisites are point blank shot, precise shot, and base attack bonus of plus four. Um, so you know, do keep in mind for a soldier that's going to be around level four. You might be able to take this uh, if you go with a scoundrel. Maybe try to take the easy way out to get that point blank shot uh, at your first level. Um, it's going to be a much higher level before you can before you can take this, just because your base attack bonus increases slower than other classes. Um, the effect you always ignore soft cover. That is, cover provided by a character, creature, or droid when you make a ranged attack. And do keep in mind, um, you can always ignore cover just by spending two swift actions to aim. Um, I just found a species the other night that had... Oh, it's the Gron. Yeah, the little three eyes guys. Yeah, I yeah. love. I always love that. I think they're really cool. They're so great. The um, Lego figures are probably my favorite. The oh, Lego they're so janky. They're so, so fun. They can spend a single swift action to aim. Uh, also, there's a talent called Bunker Down, where if you have soft cover, you can spend a move action to aim instead of two swift actions. Well, gosh, golly, that's excellent. I found that out today while looking for bad talent, and I found one that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a talent, not a feat? That's a talent. Okay, cool. Specifically what, a talent. What it's, tree do you I want to say remember? It's, it's one of the scout trees. Oh, okay, cool. It's, I, I thought it was very strange that it was in a scout tree. You know, well, I, most of the good snipers I've seen are scouts, actually. Oh, um, okay, we could do, we can get more into that maybe another time, but... Uh, Another feat I wanted to highlight, this one is actually uh, to great use by a friend of ours, uh, Babu Ram. Babu uh, Ram's a Mandalorian sniper. A Mandalorian sniper. He was basically Boba Fett, but if Boba Fett was a sniper. Or he was basically mm -hmm. like Din Djarin. Like, was, like, yeah, yeah Din Djarin. Din Djarin. I always get confused which of those two letters to pronounce, the D or the J. I didn't, write, I didn't read, watch, read, watch? Is it a book? Django Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't it's think Jacob and Chain was going to be mentioned. That's a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's I the thought same you meant The Mandalorian. I was like, there's no book. No, uh, Din Djarin. Din Djarin. Yeah. Uh, he was basically Din Djarin if he was like, I don't know, Indonesian and a sniper. A sniper and also a botanist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. He, oh, he collected <laughs> flowers. That was the coolest thing. He had a really sweet, softer side. If you want to play an edgy character, if you want to play the edgy, silent killer... Give him a soft side. Make Come him on. a baker. What's it? Make it make his bread recipe like the best in the galaxy. What do you have to lose by giving him just a, a little a little quirk? He will be more memorable if he's not just the gritty sniper the whole time. That's a great you know? point. You want a character that your buddies will talk about forever? Make the grittiest, edgiest possible character you can imagine. Like this guy had a knife that he couldn't put away until it drew blood. <laughs> yeah, that was. Sick and he would that. cut his own hand if he had if to. he if he missed an opportunity to to draw blood on any. But also. He collected exotic flowers and kept a flower garden in his cockpit. So great. We He's love this so character. Great. But yes, he was a he was a condition track killer. He was a deadly sniper. Uh, he made great use of the feat of the same name, deadly sniper, prereqs, sniper, trained in stealth, and a base attack bonus of plus nine. So this is definitely a more costly kind of later game feat, but the effect is patty. 
When you make a ranged attack against a target that is unaware of you, you gain a plus two bonus on your attack roll and deal a plus one die of damage on the first attack each each round. Each probably. round, probably. Yeah, I can't believe I dropped that word. Uh, and there's so many other sniper feats that do. Oh, stuff there, like there's that. a whole sea other. We I only highlighted those two, but there's literally so many there's more. So that's what I like about the system is that you know the feats and talent system. It may be daunting at first, but once you ner- learn to like navigate through the thick brush of the feats and talents, yeah, you can kind of really just make whatever you want. Yeah, and, and there's there's work. families of of feats out there, and, like and that he, that becomes obvious the moment you start looking at them closely. Yeah, um, I, I, I think. If I could change one thing about Saga Edition, I'm sure I've said this a million times, but oh, if yeah. I could change one thing about Saga Edition, I would add the tag system that Pathfinder 2nd Edition oh, has. Oh, man. Yeah, God, that would be incredible. Then the system would be awesome. Like, so there'd be, sick. like, ranged feats, like, specifically ranged feats and stuff like that. I, I, I think most systems from now on, you know, I, I think it, it, not that... God forbid there's a D&D 6 edition. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. But I think if there is one, it's probably going to have some sort of tag system. Because that's worked so well with Paizo for the second edition. Oh, yeah. It, it was life-changing. Um, but it's the Saga Edition podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was saying, like, that would be a cool thing. Yeah, no, it would. If I'm, I'm right there with you. If I could re- if I could go back in time. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I also want to bring up the Sniper Blaster Rifle. This is in Scum and Villainy. Uh, pretty much does exactly what it says on the can. Um, I'll, I'll read a few words about it here. A favorite among assassins and military sharpshooters, the sniper blast rifle is a powerful and accurate weapon for ideal for eliminating targets at long range. Unwieldy in anything other than a prepared firing position, the sniper blast rifle is poorly suited for use in close combat. If you do not aim at your target immediately before making an attack with a sniper blast rifle, you take a minus five penalty on your attack roll. Ouch. Sniper rifles often have a bipod and a targeting scope mounted on them, but neither is included in the cost listed. A sniper rifle cannot benefit from the rapid recycler weapon upgrade. Sniper rifle requires a power pack to operate. After 10 shots, power pack must be replaced. So, gosh golly, Sam, that sounds like a whole lot of uh, restrictions here. But let me uh, take a look down here at the damage die. <laughs> oh, golly, 3D10. 3D10. Mother of God. A Wookiee Bowcaster sniper rifle. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously this weapon has a decent amount of limitations. Maybe a pretty niche use case. Um, but, hey... The dramatic tension of setting up your sniper rifle at the building across in Narshada, aiming, taking the shot. I think that's a memory that everyone's going to remember. And, you know, fortune favors the prepared players. Of course. And if you've got a sniper on your team, then that's great. Then, buddy, you're prepared. Um, there's also the snipe move action. Um, I, this came to mind when, when Nate asked, uh, is sniping a thing in Saga Edition? And then, hey, baby, we got, a, we got an action for it right here. Uh, That's so, not even a feat. It's a built-in. No, this action. is a this is an action that anyone can do as part of the stealth. Um, can you do stealth checks untrained? Looks like it. Then yes, anyone then, can then do yes, it. Then yes, anyone can do it. Uh, the the text reads as following, and I don't. This appears. Yeah, this is in the core rulebook actually. After making a ranged attack from hiding, you can try to hide again. You must be at least two squares from the target, and you must have already have successfully used stealth to hide from the target. Make a new stealth check, as normal, but with a minus 10 penalty as a move action. If you succeed, you remain hidden. Otherwise, your location is revealed. So obviously that sounds really tough. And, you know, you're going to have to be probably skill-focused in stealth. Probably maybe, maybe a re-roll. Maybe um, a re-roll somewhere uh, along the line. Does Kleelex get to re-roll stealth? Or am I thinking something else? I don't There's know. There's a that... species out there that gets to re-roll stealth. Also, uh, bring it full circle, Knack would knack. let you re-roll you stealth go. in this situation. 
Um, hard to pull off. Incredibly huge boon if you can pull it off. Because if you manage to get that massive either injuring or fatal shot on your target and then no one even saw you in the first place, sheesh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is that is galaxy changing for sure. That's uh, that's funny, galaxy changing. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Um, what I like about especially when there's talents and stuff that let you built into the system things that let you use skills in combat more efficiently. Because mm-hmm. when you think of skills in combat, you're thinking what maybe you use computer or perception or stealth. I mean, there's way more applications for skills than you'd expect. Mechanics checks to disable gravity in a in a oh, hallway or something like that. Of course. And I, I think that the, the only one that is kind of daunting from a player perspective, I'd say, is use computer. Because it has a lot of kind of four-round oh, yeah. action. Use computer it? is, especially if it's unimproved by talents and feats, um, use computer can be pretty daunting. In um, combat, it's full-round action. For sure. But, Which means you can't move and then do it. You have to be there on your turn to do it. But there's another side of this, and maybe this is too GM-y for this episode. Building an encounter that requires many or at least a few used computer checks can really heighten the tension because it effectively locks down one or more of the players as oh, they yeah. try to Action do the computer stuff. For sure. Absolutely. Sam, you probably saw, we got another new patron on our, our Patreon. second patron, baby. Our second patron. We just need one more patron before we're breaking even on hosting costs, which Finally. is Cause incredible. Because that's, that's the only cost that's associated with recording and producing. Oh, yeah, no, there's nothing. There's no nothing hours else. of love that we put into this. There's no, no multiple <laughs> hours of my life that I put into this. Stay awake at night thinking about what the no hell I'm going to talk about on the microphone. No purchased these microphones and audio equipment ahead of time. Years hey, I'm pretty sure you bought these for like three failed projects ago. <laughs> Well, Steven, let's not make it four. <laughs> and if you join the Patreon, you can keep it from being fourth failed project. No, I no absolutely, guys. We appreciate our, our two patrons so much. Um, Sam, you put up some maps on that Patreon. Yeah, I've got a few maps on there. I, I like to think I described them pretty well in the description form, but I've got a um, Tatooine salvage job map, which is oh, like a yeah. half-sunken ship. The one you talked about. This is what we talked oh, about. Oh, nice! That's and so I, cool. I had to- I included tokens for um, like sandstorm stuff like that. Nice. And I've also got uh, a imperial hangar, which is probably my fucking. Oh, Magnum I love Opus. that one. I know exactly that, what you're talking about. If you looked about. at that and you're like, "That's a legit map right there." It, it's really good. It's it's the my favorite part about it is that it includes an elevator in the center of the map. Oh, and I, fuck and I yeah. have like an elevator token made to be like the actual floor for the elevator. Shit. So, it's a good way. It's another ingress for stormtroopers or for materials and stuff like that. I use that map specifically. The encounter was to escort these cargo crate, these like cargo uh, crates, onto an imperial shuttle, and then take the shuttle out of there. And there's like an upper level for sort of like the hangar control, where opening the doors and let, locking down ships and stuff like that. And there's also the elevator built into the hangar, which I really like. And it's got uh, two elevators for just entering and leaving the the hangar as well. I also have, my other one is very basic Imperial cell block, which has got, you know, a few oh, yeah. stuff like that. That's cool. But it's just cool to have. Yeah. I, I, I was very much proud of those. I think the hangar is probably my peak in terms of just nailing. Of your life. Star- my, no, yeah. <laughs> my peak of map design in terms of just nailing the Star Wars aesthetic so perfectly. It does look really good. I love it. It's, it's great. Go on that Patreon. Take a look. Only available on You there. can hear Sam describe every little bit of it. Yeah, I can re- I can <laughs> remake it from memory in your mind. That way, if you're doing a theater of the mind game, it's okay. You wouldn't download a 
map. You wouldn't Ugh. steal a podcast map. Um, <laughs> I didn't put any, I realized, we talked about this, but I didn't put any watermarks or anything on them, but it's kind of more of just a thank you. Yeah, it is seriously. A, a mandatory requirement for having the, being a patron. But yeah, uh, we'll get more stuff on that Patreon, I think, in the coming weeks. Again, right now, it's largely a, a tip jar. If you like what we do, if you want to help us keep uh, hosting costs down and make us feel warm and fuzzy inside, then we really appreciate that. Absolutely. And as always, uh, reach us on our email. that darktimesswse at gmail.com? Yep. Cool. Wow, I can't believe I, I know, I know right? it. I know, right? And yeah. the Twitter as well is darktimesswse. Stephen, you mentioned having a second patron, but you didn't thank the patron for being a patron. I, I think I won't. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shout out to Kelso. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your Patreonage. Patreonage. No, it's Patreonage okay. if you use Patreon. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Are we doing... We have a build. Do we we have a build? build. We have a build. And uh, gosh. I've gosh, heard legends. Golly. Whispers of this build. Yeah. So this, this build is... um. Over the years, there's been myths, legends... Circling through the Swissy community, uh, whispers from the force, from the force, and 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 forms of a warrior great enough to take even the mightiest of beings down in a single blow. This warrior, yes, you've heard of him, you love him, you know him. You'll see him this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The CT Killer, Stephen. You have a CT Killer, folks. It's the it's the CT Killer. Um, and is this like a, a community like voted CT killer? What's the situation? This is from, I'm not sure. I don't think this was part of any contest. Uh, the there's So there's a lot of variations on the CT killer out there. You can find a dozen different takes on this exact concept, and all of them are pretty good. Um, I'm not sure if there's like the best CT killer. I don't know if there's any consensus on there out there, but I found one that really caught my attention, mostly because it, it stood out. Um, there's actually quite a few ways to do this. Um, because there's quite a few feats that that play with the condition track. Uh, I'm going to highlight. This is actually this is on the saga continues. Uh, this is Suyoshi Ketsu again. This is a post. They this is a build they posted on the saga continues forms on the 26th of September last year. Um, there's quite a bit of discussion in this form, and honestly, there's a few CT killers in this thread that are worth uh, checking out. But I'm just going to cover the first one. So this is the Condition Track Killer Trick Step Droid. Race? Any droid. <laughs> <laughs> Any droid? Any droid. No degree mentioned or anything? Or? No, no, no. Train skills, initiative, survival, the rest are your domain, baby. It, this is a level 9 build, okay. believe it or not. So you get the full CT Killer by level 9. What's our class breakdown on this? So it's looking like to me here, I, I'm looking at, the, the order's important, but it's a little batshit. Three levels of scout. Mm-hmm. Three levels of scoundrel, mm-hmm. one level of soldier, all right, one level of bounty hunter. There we go, and one level of gunslinger. Awesome, two so, prestige classes. I didn't. Wow, that's wild. You know when there's two prestige classes that this shit's getting serious. So as far as CT killer goes, CT killers go. This one's pretty um, unorthodox by uh, admission of the author here. Um, it's I like to call this a little tricky dicky is how I would describe it, but it appears to be pretty effective and gets set up as early as level nine, which is not something that can be said for most of the other condition track killers. Um, kind of the center of this build, we already described the classes earlier. It uses a kind of obscure item from scavengers guided droids called a specialized sub processor, which grants you an extra action, extra swift action for a skill check on your turn. Um, the author here chose initiative, which means the key here is 
the trick step the uh, trick step talent talent yeah which requires you you roll an initiative check against uh, take a swift action you make an opposed initiative check with your opponent if you win opponent's flat-footed if you lose you're flat-footed and why is flat-footed important because of the dastardly strike talent from this fortune talent tree which if you attack opponent that's denied its re- dexterity bonus to its reflex defense and you hit you, they take them they go down on one step on the condition track ow and then stack that with devastating attack for rifles and debilitating shot from gunslinger oh that's three steps in i think attack? i'm doing the math one two three i think that's three steps <laughs> unless we're missing something here i love oh dead eye is here is dead eye I think Jedi gives you more dice. Yeah, it's just if you aim it, it deals more additional dice. weapon die. Yeah, cool. Which you know you're going to need if you're trying to take fools down the condition track. Yeah. So tentatively, if you deal enough damage, also it's one for each feet, and then if you deal more than the damage threshold, it's fourth one. Yeah. So that gets you down to minus five in one attack, which a long shot most most likely, but also really cool if it happens. Good golly, is it worth it? The CT killer is a droid. <laughs> Who knew? And again, that, this is just one CT killer. Like I said, the CT killer is largely kind of a genre of builds with many, many viable options. Uh, the author also adds at the bottom here, um, you'd like to be a small fourth degree droid. So fourth degree droid. It said any droid at the top, but you're going to want to be a fourth degree droid. Um, you get a higher dex bonus. Yeah, yeah. With the, the Balmoran arms manufacturer trait, which gets you a net plus five to dex, which according to here, is the only stat you should care about since you don't have con uh, as a droid. Um, author recommends a Bothan heavy blaster rifle with a pulse charger attachment to deal f- 5d10 plus 10 plus half your heroic level damage for the purpose of checking against the damage threshold for stun. And as we've That's said... so good! Rid- what? This guy's a fucking Star Destroyer battery on his own. My that god. So um, and remember, keep in mind, if you happen to pass someone's damage threshold with stun, they don't go down one step. They go down, they two. Go down two steps. Oh, so they just go to minus ten immediately. So they just go to minus ten immediately. That's so good. I love I love CT killer builds. Yeah, so this is a kind of a smaller, simpler one than other things I've seen, but it stood out to me just because it's good to go at level nine, and like we just described here, that sounds just plain yeah. nuts. I mean, level nine builds are... It's cool because you're just kind of getting, you're kind of dipping your toes. Yeah, into it's sort of it's a build class category. That, you know, I don't know how many games get to level twenty. I don't know how many games even deal with the power at level twenty. But level nine is, you know, much more likely to actually be played in a real game. Though I've seen plenty of game masters fully outlaw any uh, any condition track killers in their games because what? they can get. Pre- yeah, I've seen that. They can get pretty ridiculous pretty quickly. I mean, then you just be a better dm sorry (laughs) (laughs) number one advice for dming be better (laughs) you got a ct killer in your game oh yeah well it's bureaucracy roleplay now baby (laughs) yeah i was gonna say then start bringing licensing into this and and availability hour bitch (laughs) (laughs) try and kill that (laughs) and shoot your way negotiations we're short That's our quote for the night. No, you can't do uh, game I, too early. I always, I always bang it out too early. You bang it out too early. Bang it out too sure. early. I want to say that I think if you have a better CP killer build that oh, you would please. like us to read. Send them in. Please send them in. I will read it on air. Steven and I will figure out a better way to kind of talk about builds. And, yeah. Because builds, when you look at them as a whole, they they're very difficult to chew. With, you yeah, chew without a, a without like putting the table in front of you and talking about each option listed text, it's it's hard to talk about on air. I probably should 
go back and listen to some Order 66 episodes where they talk about builds, <laughs> try to get some pointers on how they do it. Well, I, I like to think that some sometime down the line we'll have it streamlined where we go like level by level. I think we should probably do that. And yeah. it's just about, I was so... It's about being prepared. And, and you know, it's nothing wrong with that. We're, no. we're still relatively new to this, even though it's been a month. We're like little baby birds. We're little baby birds yeah. learn, learn the flutter of these wings yeah. and uh, build some CT killers. Yeah. Build your own, a CT killer building class for your local at your local annex. Oh man, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> your local community annex. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Sam, do you have anything else? We're about is it, is we're, it time? We're at uh, we're close to our time here. Yeah, yeah. I like I want to just say the normal stuff. Where yeah, thank you for listening, dear listener. If you crave more, if you crave that Star Wars flavor mm. directly enhanced, mm, delicious, <laughs> fresh back to minty freshness. Then you can hit us up at Dark Times SWSE on Twitter, or you can join the SAG Edition Wikia, the SAG Edition subreddit, and the SAG Edition Discord, yes. which are all pretty accessible from each of those places. Oh yeah, if you have trouble <laughs> getting to any of those, just reach just out to one of us, and we'll yeah, exactly. we'll get you on your way immediately. You can email us at darktimesswse at gmail And I produce and edit the show. My name is Sam, and I got my co-host here, Stephen, who has so graciously done some social media management and also brought stuff in readable legible form for us to look at uh do you have another quote other than that one or do you want to just use that one negotiations were short that's <laughs> honestly that one's so fucking good you can uh, cut it earlier and put it at the end here if you want to negotiations were short good night good night i'm fucking starving next week <laughs> is chewbacca roaring no that was the sand that's tuscan raiders my man oh shit mm-hmm.